Welcome to Five O'Clock Leadership, everybody, with Brad and Rob. Rob and I live and breathe leadership. We coach leaders, we work with leaders, we aspire to be leaders, we're students of leadership. This is an opportunity for you to tap into our work with leaders. Welcome to the Five O'Clock Leadership Podcast, leaders. So we're in the midst of a podcast series on the Enneagram. And last week, last podcast, we gave a bit of an overview of the Enneagram. And today we're going to talk about the three triads of the Enneagram. But first, a little overview of the triads. What are the Enneagram triads, Rob? Well, first of all, that word triads, uh, just to be clear, tri is three. We will see that the Enneagram talks about nine distinct uh, types, and we can subdivide those down into groupings of three. We commonly refer to these triads as the gut, the heart, and the head. And so eights, nines, and ones fall in the gut triad. Twos, threes, and fours fall in the heart triad. And five, six, and sevens in the head triad. And what that means, Brad, as you know, is is each of the nine types is is distinct from the other eight, but in these groupings, um, they have some things in common. Uh, so eights, nines, and ones in the gut triad, they're and they're very different from one another, but they have some things in common and it's helpful to to study it. This this is kind of like a five thousand foot view of the enneagram before we get down into the nitty gritty of of each of the nine types. Yeah, we're really going to spend some time specifically today on the gut triad. But Rob, give us a brief overview of each of these. Like, uh, you know, give us a little brief description of gut types. Yeah, it's helpful. It's helpful to look at all three of them at one time because because actually the differences from the other two. Uh, help distinguish each one. So gut types, the, and and the I think the simplest way for our listeners to hear about this, Brad. There's there's a lot more, and we'll be going into this episode by episode because we are doing three episodes on the three triads. But I think the simplest way for our listeners to uh, kind of capture this at at the moment is just how each of them processes processes life, processes exchanges with other people, processes problem-solving, decision-making. And the gut types, they simply process by gut instinct. It's a very simple, pretty binary. It's either one thing or the other. And so they process through their gut. Different from the heart types, which as that term implies, process a lot through feelings feelings. How how do we feel about this? How do others feel about this? And then lastly, the head types, if you haven't figured it out by now, process by thinking through something. Now, again, a reminder, we all have a head, heart, and a gut. So we all have these available to us at any given point. But when we are in that mode, uh, this is the distinct way that we're processing and we're processing out of one of those three triads. Yeah. And listeners, one of the things that we're going to be going through today, you can, you can actually find a lot of the information we're talking to, about today, specifically in Rob's book, Lead Like You Were Meant To, in chapter eight, specifically, where Rob talks 
not only about a default dimension, but he alludes a bit to the Enneagram and the three triads there. Uh, Rob, explain a little bit more of what it means to have a default dimension or a, a default triad. Yeah, and, and again, we've got to make the link here with the four dimensions, which you know the book talks extensively about, in which, Brad, you and I coach leaders on this framework that we are all showing up in four dimensions. I think this should be very familiar to our listeners by now. We're showing up in our physical body. We're showing up with our emotional heart. We're showing up with our intellectual mind. And deep in the core, underneath all three of those, is our our spiritual core, our, our core essence, identity of who we are. And so the, the Enneagram fits with this very well. In fact, both diagrams are circles. Circles represent completeness, wholeness. And, and so as we transition from the four, understanding the four dimensions to the, the three triads of the Enneagram, it's a natural segue because we, we tend to have this default of processing more with our physical gut, our emotional heart, or our intellectual head. And that's where we're going to do a dive here over this in the next couple of episodes. Sounds great. And today we're going to dig a, a little bit deeper into specifically the gut triad. First, some caveats or some cautions, Rob. Yeah, we always want to be careful when we have a wonderful tool like the Enneagram or a framework. We, we want to be careful that we don't impose it on ourselves or on others, uh, but we, we view it as a tool to be used that can be helpful. So a couple of caveats and we, we gave some similar ones in our previous episode because, because, again, the Enneagram is so accessible. You can go online, spend 10 bucks, and get your readout. But that almost is, is a danger, you know, that it's, it's so accessible. So quick caveats. First of all, we're not putting people in boxes. We're not saying this is who you are all the time and this is how you always uh, handle things. Secondly, as an extension of the first one is we're all a combination. We all have a head, heart, and a gut. So at any given time, we, we can use all three of those. But as we're talking about here, and as, as you referenced chapter eight in the book, we tend to have a default. And so it can be helpful to recognize that, recognize the pattern that we go to when, we, when we're in that default. Uh, the third caveat I would give is that these things that we're talking about here, these ways of operating tend to show up most clearly when pressure is high or things are intense. So for our listeners, as you're listening to this and you're, you're, you're going along, you're saying, well, I don't, I don't ever notice that in myself. That could be truly because it's not your default triad or it could simply be because day in and day out when things are kind of rocking steady, you're not going to tend to notice these distinctions as much. But look at what happens when the heat gets turned up and you're kind of under pressure to perform. These things will be more visible then. The last caveat I want to give, uh, and we're trying to be concise and direct and very helpful in these, these podcasts, Brad, but we're just skimming here. We're giving a Cliff Notes version uh, of what's going on. And we want to be careful that we're not interpreted as being 
uh, as oversimplifying, nor should our listeners oversimplify. Uh, but we're giving some basics here. The Enneagram is actually quite nuanced and complex. That's why we don't recommend you just spend 10 bucks and get your own version on the internet, but you go through it with a professional like someone from McKinnon Leadership Group so that you can better understand the complexity and how all the parts uh, fit together. So be careful. We're not oversimplifying and neither should you. It's really helpful to consider the cautions. And as we think about the gut triad, and as we dig into that a little bit deeper, it's important to remember that this is a leadership podcast. And so this podcast is for leaders. So as we explore some of this, we really want to explore it from a leadership perspective. So help us understand more about how gut types lead. Yeah. So one of the ways we do this is we we break down the actions of leaders, we, we break them down into how leaders take in information, what lens are they wearing, how they then process that. We've touched on that briefly already. And then what they do with it, what, what actions, what words, what behavior follows as a result of taking things in, processing it, and then deciding what to do. And of course, all three of those things that I've just talked about, we're, we're doing pretty automatically all the time. We're not even conscious that, you know, it's broken down. But as we look at this, it can be helpful. So gut types, gut types have a lens on, this is a, this is a generalization, but in general, gut types are constantly in this question of how am I doing? And how am I doing may sound like a very bland, you know, kind of question. But what's implied there uh, for the gut types is the notion of competition or comparison. So gut types are always kind of wanting to know how they're doing relative to others, relative to the standards. They're, they're, and again, all this happens at a very subconscious level. But they're constantly evaluating themselves and others uh, through that lens. Competition, comparison is, is a simplification of, of how they're taking in information. What they do with that then is, as we said, they process, they process that at a very gut level. And what does that mean? You know, <laughs> Well, again, it helps to see the distinction from how heart types process through feelings. How do people feel about this? How do I feel about this? Or distinct from the head types who process very intellectually, let's gather data, let's study it. And gut types just simply, they just kind of know. I mean, that's what, you know, when, you, when someone asks you, what does your gut tell you? You know, they're asking you to just stay really simple about it. What, what do you think? Uh, what, what's your instinct here? And that tends to be, when you, when you really look at it, it tends to be a pretty simple binary response. Binary meaning kind of one of two options. And so when the gut types are, are comparing themselves or competing with others, the evaluation looks like, am I winning or losing? Am I ahead or behind? Am I doing this right or am I doing it wrong? Is it good or is it bad? Is it fair or unfair? Just or unjust? Again, each of those things, you if you 
consider it a little bit, you realize you, you just kind of know it when you see it, uh, if you're processing at the gut level. And at the end of the day, we call that binary processing very black and white. Now, again, I don't want to overly, all you gut types out there, I'm not, I'm not overly simplifying on you, but it kind of breaks down into this more times than it doesn't uh, if you're processing at the gut level. Then what do they do with that? They're, so they're looking to see how are we doing? You know, they're processing that in a very simple way. We're doing well, we're not doing well. And then what comes out of that? What comes out of that? First of all, we, we should mention that it's driven by the emotion of anger. Now, anger might be a really strong word. So back that off a little, you know, dial the volume back. And instead of anger, you get frustration. You get bothered. You get irritated. You're bothered that things aren't quite right. You're irritated that someone was treated unfairly. You're frustrated that someone has produced a bad report, uh, a low quality report. And, and so some degree of anger, again, low levels most of the time, but when the pressure's on, we can really dial that up to be outright anger that things aren't right. And hey, this is a lot of what we're seeing in, in our culture right now. When, when people are, th are having a national dialogue about what's just and unjust, right and wrong, what's the emotion? There's a lot of emotions around it, but boy, anger really comes out and, and startles us, frankly. So gut types are, are they're, they're competing to win. They are striving for a hundred percent plus maybe they are striving to be sure the rules get followed uh, because the rules are the standard. The rules represent what 100% looks like. And again, they're very conscious of this notion of winning or losing on a uh, day in and day out. Brad, anything you would add to that uh, of what I'm talking about, of how they take things in, how they process it, and then how they behave in response? No, I think that's a very good overview there, Rob. Um, just thinking about our listeners, though, in terms of a bottom line for today, what, what would you tell gut types to be more aware of in their leadership? I would encourage gut types to try to notice some of these, some of the two sides to the way they're behaving. This, this actually leads into their greatest strengths and their sabotaging, you know, weaknesses. So the, the bright side and the shadow side of, of what comes out of being a gut type. So let's just take uh, this notion that um, if gut types like black and white, by implication, they like things to be really clear. It's very clear. And so gut types, I love working with gut type leaders because as a coach, I always know exactly what they're thinking because they tell me they really don't hold back like careful head types or sensitive heart types can do. You just know where they are. So they are some of the most direct among us. And yet the shadow side to that is that they can be perceived as overly blunt and kind of running roughshod over others. You know, that some people aren't prepared for that level of directness. 
And so that's where uh, gut types could use a little bit more uh, sensitivity. Speaking of sensitivity, gut types tend to not know fear. Now, again, we're not all 100% or, you know, gut types are not 100% gut types all the time. So they have emotions, they do feel fear, but uh, by and large, fear's not really on their radar. And so they can be among some of the more courageous among us because they just have a goal and it doesn't care. It doesn't matter if there's a, a mountain between here and that goal, a brick wall between here and that goal. They are going to get to that goal. They're not afraid of anything. They're not, you know, nothing slowing them down. The very nature of, of having no fear can also numb them to being sensitive to what's going on with others. And so, again, they just stop at nothing, but yet others can have some concerns. Uh, they can, you know, they have their feelings and gut types can ignore that to their detriment in terms of having a team around them. A third wonderful strength of gut types is that they can move fast. They don't get delayed by head type like the head types do of let's study it a little bit more. Let's think about it a little bit more. They don't get delayed like the heart types who want to take a poll and see how everybody feels about something. No, gut types have their, their gut instinct and they're ready to move. But I, I use the analogy of when I was a tank commander, a young army officer, and commanding a 70-ton M1A1 Abrams tank that could go 50, 55 miles an hour. You had a lot of firepower there. You had a lot of speed. And you could get into trouble really fast. And that can happen for gut types. So they can overstep. They can alienate. Their, their gut instinct can be right or it can be really wrong, and they can go there fast. So um, that's what they need to be careful of. The last one I would mention is that uh, we talked about the role of anger for gut types. Again, emotion is the fuel that fuels the fire uh, underneath. And so anger drives those gut types to compete and it drives them for excellence, you know, only the best. But that same anger uh, whether they're aware of it or not, it, it can either be overt or uh, they can be trying to hold it in, but it's still going to leak out. And that anger can really alienate people around them. I mean, just think about it. Think about when you're around an angry person, that's not a fun place to be. And, and so while it's fueling some good things in the gut type, it can really alienate the people that the, the leader is trying to get to go with him or her and can be self-sabotaging in that way. No, Rob, that's really, really helpful. And as a head type, and I know you're a head type too, and we're both married to a couple of gut types. So uh, we, know, we know the gut triad pretty well from the, uh, from the outside looking in. As head types, our tendency is to overthink. And as we engage with gut types, uh, obviously on a daily basis for the two of us, I think one of the things that we would both agree with is that we would like for those friends of ours who are gut types to think a little bit more, to, to think before they act. Yes, and Brad, of course, we're only talking about the friend version of, of gut types, not the family 
uh, version of gut types, right? Because our trying our, to our, avoid our, the anger of the gut type <laughs> right now, Rob. <laughs> yes, our our wives just they stay on the bright side of the spectrum here at all times, of course. <laughs> no, they're subject to it like anyone else is. Um, but that anger um, that can that can drive, you know, let's get it fixed, let's get it resolved, let's get it complete, let's get it whole that those are motives for the gut type and the need for speed there to get it resolved quickly can displace a healthy pause to just think before moving out. Again, I use the example of a big tank moving somewhere fast and you can get into trouble fast when you don't pause to think ahead a little bit. And think ahead of what could happen as a result of what you're about to do or say, um, or or just plan a little bit more, or catch a few more details that you miss when you're moving so fast. As we'll see, Brad, all three of these triads and all nine of the Enneagram types have their balance of strengths and weaknesses, bright sides and shadow sides. And um, I may not do the most perfect job of describing each, but don't let my description get in the way of, of just knowing that everyone's kind of on an equal footing in the Enneagram with, with both their potential uh, strengths and their potential weaknesses. Rob, great thoughts on the triads today. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to investigate and be curious about the heart and the head as we continue our podcast in the, in the coming weeks here. Leaders, stay tuned. I think this could really benefit you as you seek to be more aware of how you show up as a leader. Stay tuned for Maddie's take and our coaching question of the day. Could you and your team benefit from better understanding the hidden drivers that influence your leadership and decision-making? Would you like to know more about how to increase your strengths while reducing those self-sabotaging thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that keep you from being your best? Using the Enneagram and a variety of other tools, at McKinnon Leadership Group, we are experts at helping leaders know themselves better so they can lead themselves and others better. Whether through in-depth individual coaching engagements or cost-effective team workshops, we offer proven programs that help leaders make lasting change. Contact us today for a conversation on how we can help you be an even more effective leader. Use the contact form at our website, mckinnonleadershipgroup.com. Reach out today. We love talking leadership with leaders. And now back to five o'clock leadership. Hey, we are back and we are back with Maddie. Maddie, what is your take on today's podcast? Yeah, thanks so much, Brad and Rob. As an Enneagram one, I am firmly in the gut triad. So today's content felt very applicable. And I saw myself in a lot of those strengths and shadow sides that you all were discussing. I'm curious, from your perspective, I saw you all make connections between the gut triad and the head triad. Rob, I heard you make an encouragement to um, perhaps think more. Um, for the gut leaders out there. I'm wondering if you also see a connection between the gut triad and the heart triad. Absolutely, Maddie. And don't get angry about anything I'm going to say, okay? No, I'm just kidding. 
just bothered, frustrated. <laughs> one of Annoyed. the one of the descriptions I give about gut types and and how they're able to go out each day and accomplish a lot and and just have no fear is they wake up in the morning and kind of put on a coat of armor, and that coat of armor enables them to you know charge through the day and and just knock things aside, get everything out of their way and go through brick walls and nothing stops them. But that same coat of armor desensitizes them to the way they're throwing sharp elbows and knocking people out of the way in the process. And they could do well to relax a little bit on the coat of armor and have a little more sensitivity um, to those around them. Now, again, all of this in good balance, we're not suggesting that gut types you know, just totally disempower themselves because others are are not ready to follow their charge. But the 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 art of leadership here is balancing between your strength and your go-to style and the styles of others around you that you rely on to help you accomplish things together. And part of the reason we're talking about these different styles is because we can tend to say, my style is the best. Why can't everybody be this way? And gut types like all the rest of us need to pause and consider the ways in which their style really helps and the way it can be alienating to their ultimate purpose. Yeah, thanks so much, Rob, for that perspective. The Enneagram is such a wealth of knowledge, and I feel like every time we discuss it together, I learn more. And so I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful that we have experts like you to guide us along this path to learn more about ourselves and Enneagram. I'm going to come back at you, and we'll say more about this when we get to the Enneagram ones specifically. But we have a we have a number of ones on our team at McKinnon Leadership Group, and that's fairly intentional. People like Maddie have a high standard of excellence, and you can kind of count on uh, her. And uh, Linda's also a part of that, too. And also Caitlin uh, in our bookkeeping. They, they do things to 100%. That's the standard. So we appreciate that as well. Yeah, if you if you miss that, leaders, we have a standard of excellence at McKinnon Leadership Group that is second to none. <laughs> Thanks for a thoughtful question, Maddie, and a very thoughtful response and for your expertise, Rob. And now our coaching question of the day. Leaders, as you're feeling the pressure in your leadership, notice how you process in those moments. Do you tend to process with feelings? or by thinking really hard about it? Or do you ignore both feelings and thoughts and just go with a simple gut instinct? See if you can notice in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening today. 